the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by Natasha from Camino Partners. Thank you for uh, making the trip. Really appreciate it. Thank you for I having me. I busy. But, um, so, I was having a, a nose on your LinkedIn and um, where I always, always like to start is how, what, what's the story behind you getting into the wonderful recruitment world? How did that happen? So I think it's probably the same as a lot of people. Um, Graduated, didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I wanted to earn quite a lot of money and I wanted to do something that was going to enable me to progress. I thought you were going to say live your lifestyle that you want. Oh no, it's taken a few years to get to that point, (laughs) but yeah, it's it's delivered in the end. Okay, cool. And I, I was at uni and I was kind of looking at jobs and obviously it just always comes up mm. any time what did you do at uni um, I did psychology okay. um, but I did a really weird combination of stuff and I did occupational psychology so quite a tie in okay. but then neuroscience as well oh, nice. so I had like two very very different routes that I could have gone down mm. um, but I always loved business So I went and I interviewed a couple of um, companies, some of the larger companies. And to be honest, I didn't like it. Well, recruitment? Yeah. okay. Yeah, I I didn't like the style of the interviews. And I was thinking... So was this when you graduated? Yeah. approach, yeah? Okay, Exactly. And I was just... I didn't like the style of the way that they interviewed. Okay. And I was beginning to think, do you know what? I don't... I know I'll be good at this because I've worked in, I worked in call centers, I did a bit of sales, everything that people were telling me I needed, I had, Mm. but I hated the way that people were sort of painting a bit of a negative picture about how sort of cutthroat you were going to be. Yeah, let's let's unwrap that then, because I always find that interesting, the first question asked. So I guess before, just quickly, always curious about this, what what was your perception of recruitment before you started interviewing? Like, did you have any perception? Did you have friends in, in the industry or... So my sort of best friend had gone to work for a very, very large um, recruitment company okay, doing cool. temps. Okay. And, but this was back up in Leicester. So it wasn't the same kind of like vibe or the same sort of compared culture. London, yeah, 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 compared to like the big, okay. So the she London. told you about it and yeah about it. yeah but i think the the market that she was in was very different to what i eventually came into okay. it was more like um a staffing agency rather than sort of yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah. recruitment so, so was it like a neutral perspective at that point was it positive you was, you was excited by the prospect of doing what she did or? yeah i was excited by the money like that that <laughs> was enough. the main thing it yeah, was mainly yeah getting out getting out of uh getting out of being a student yeah, and yeah, having to work enough. three jobs okay yeah and go go in that so how so how would yeah, so again, what I, I love always asking this question because I think that this is where some t- obviously there's a complex issue as to why only one in three people last longer than 12 months yeah. in recruitment. Mm-hmm. However, I think a big factor, which is what led me to starting this and the things I spoke about was how people sell it or how yeah. it's perceived before you get into it. Right? Yeah. So how were people selling it to you when you were sitting in front of them and potentially looking to, to become a recruiter for these businesses? So I think the issue was I was being sold this amazing dream, okay, being yeah. told all these amazing facts and figures and, you know, you can earn 85K in your first year yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're going to be able to I'm go international there. and you're going to be able to do all of this stuff. Yeah. And then the one interview that really sort of closed it down for me is they were basically trying to get me to incriminate myself and kind of be like, do you know what, I would screw over anyone to make the deal really? and all I cared or you know they they I know that they wanted me to be like yeah I'd step on anyone I'm yeah, yeah. cutthroat I'm all of that things and I was like do you know what I'm I don't want to work in that kind of environment yeah. I don't want to work with people if that's what they're screening for mm. that's that's not it's what not I want to work be, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for a couple of months, I actually stopped because this was whilst I was still actually, I hadn't graduated yet. Okay. Um, I was ahead of the, the, the yeah, sort of game, yeah. Um, and then I got working with this rector rec who was amazing. And nice. I explained this to him and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. And he was like, do you know what? You're interviewing at the wrong companies. Yeah. You want to go into a startup. You want to go into something that's got a better culture that, you know, you can contribute to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent me over to this um, amazing sort of startup recruitment business. Okay. And it was like in a storage unit in Battersea. Nice. And as soon as I walked in, they had a puppy for a start. So I was just <laughs> nice. like, yes, nice. this is where I want to be. Um, but as soon as I walked in and I met the people and I met the managing director and the sales director. Yeah. And I was just like, Do you know what? 
this is it. Yeah. When you say start with them, what do you mean by that? So was it how many people? Were there? Um, so I was like the thirteenth person oh, nice. to be. Yeah, um, similar size to what I went into. Yeah. So so, so nice okay. and small. Um. So yeah. Still in this little storage unit, but on on the up. Mm. So I think within about four months, we moved into quite a nice office. Nice. Um. So what it boiled down to was the people part, right? Like, yeah. I've, I've spoken about this a few times online. I think you you'll see, I'm sure, online. But when when people try and promote particularly recruitment businesses for people to work there they go straight to the um ib for trips the commission yeah yeah. that but i think i hear that time and time again and i think if you were to ask anyone why did you join that company it comes down to that gut feel and that connection with another person right yeah um so yeah i always find that interesting but it it makes a lot of sense doesn't it yeah so how did he sell it differently then or sorry i'm just assuming it was a he but (laughs) it was yeah (laughs) okay cool um it was just i guess something about being able to really contribute to something mm. i was i was so, so valued yeah. Yeah, yeah and actually um i loved i love startups anyway i love the sort of the smaller culture mm. and actually um i was always quite honest about the fact that i would eventually move into the role that i'm in now yeah, yeah. um and it was just so dynamic that he was like do you know what you can you can go wherever you want you can do whatever you want yeah. you know we want people that there was a really big focus on organic growth nice. so they wanted to grow that business and they wanted to grow it with the people that were there mm. and i just saw that as the perfect opportunity to work yeah. somewhere and actually really make a difference and it was ama- you know i was there for five years like yeah, it was yeah. absolutely amazing yeah, a long time. yeah really long time mm. um and i saw it grow from like 13 to 40 and you mm. know really really loved being a part of that and being a part of that like yeah. i think i think that that's a huge drive in in all of us really isn't it to to actually be purpose-led and, yeah. and feel feel valued but i mean i experienced it myself so I, when i worked in insurance i'm um a lot of people, so I'm from Eastbourne and a lot of people my way work at Hastings Direct. Mm-hmm. That's a huge call centre, so it's a huge employer in the local yeah. area. And um, yeah, I remember going from there to then like a, again, not a startup, but it was a smaller company, probably like 15, 20 people. Yeah. And in, there is, there's that sense of like, shit, I can't hide. Yeah. I need to be accountable. But at the same time, that's what you get really excited about. And yeah. again, you can actually make an impact. And for me, when I worked into recruitment, I sat next to, the, my director that owned the business and his billing and like I, for me that was just invaluable yeah. um, and I, I'd always recommend that to people as well it, but not everyone's up for that I get yeah. that but I think it can offer a lot um, okay cool how was uh, how were your first 12 months then I, was it hard yeah, yeah, it, yeah. W- it was it was as tough as you expected was it, as you ex- to be. it was as you expected or not do you know what i always used to say when i when i went and took over hiring when i used to have those graduates sat in front of me yeah, yeah. i would say to them there is nothing that i can say that is going to make you understand how tough it <laughs> actually is Love that, yeah. you know i think there's a few there's a few issues with it in that you know we hire grads and you know you're on a relatively low basic salary because yeah. you're you know the commission is there mm-hmm. but i think one of the issues is a lot of companies mislead grads about how quickly they're going to get up to yeah, earning yeah, that kind yeah. of money and recruitment is hard it's yeah. long hours it's stressful you put mm. pressure on yourself you have pressures from other people around you and actually when you are, you know, moving to London, you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and yeah. you know you you want to live that life, and then you realise actually it's going to take a lot yeah, for you yeah, to yeah. get to that point. Mm. Um, and I think I I really enjoyed the job. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I remember making my first placement, and the girl cried Such on the phone feeling, to me, right? and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to I want to do this forever. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, I yeah, want to yeah. be involved in this forever." Um. But then there's also the times where, you know, someone gets promoted before you, yeah. you know, stuff starts, you know, you, you're not, I, I was really lucky that I've kind of always been one of those people that's been fairly successful. So uni wasn't that difficult for yeah, me. Yeah. And then to come into something where you're like, do you know what? I have actually got to pay attention to this. <laughs> I've actually got to, lo- I'm not, yeah, I'm not actually just naturally good at this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really struggled with that. I really struggled with the fact that I didn't just walk into something yeah. and instantly yeah. be amazing. Yeah. So, and I think, I think a lot of, a lot of people feel like that as well. Cause I think people think, recruitment's easy they think yeah, that you yeah. know it's just it's it's hard work and that's all mm. you need but there's actually so much more to it and i think oh. having that realization was a bit of a shock to the system <laughs> i think the, the the thing with it as well i know you hear it all the time in like business advice and um fail and learn quick but 
in recruitment the, the best way to learn is is basically is failing and, and yeah. handling certain situations in the wrong way and then sitting down and going right how could i handle that yeah. better and all that um so those first 12 months then so how 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 did you go into the next year then was you like right okay did you how, actually what what was like the environment like because a lot of people what i've learned through doing these conversations is that if you for me, the director I work for is like, look, first 12 months, you're not going to earn six figures, you're not going to earn 80K, mm-hmm. however, um, you're on, it's a learning ground and, yeah. and it's going to be the foundation which is going to propel you into second year yeah. and, and further. So did you have, was that mindset around you? Like you didn't feel like, right, okay, I could actually be out the door here if I don't pick things up or I don't know, what, what was it like? I think... Um... The way that they sort of ran their sort of progression and stuff like that was quite good because you had to you had to make ten placements before you got promoted. Okay. So by actually by that time yeah. you are actually relatively good. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah, you've yeah. made ten placements. They've stuck. That you know they've gone through. You've got the money for it. Is it all perm? You did or? Um. Okay. Yeah, it was at that time. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah cool. it was at that time. Um. So ten perm placements, and I think by coming into the second year, I'd been a consultant for a few months. I was making some money. Yeah, yeah. I'd managed to organize it in a way that um my sort of pipeline coming into the next year was amazing um and i was also given the opportunity to start having people underneath me and start training people we we were growing really really quickly yeah um and it kind of meant all hands on deck for sort of getting to train people and do stuff like that and do you know what i actually didn't realize how much i knew until i was training someone really? else and that was one of the turning points for me because i think you know even after 12 months i was still like oh, do i am i just making this up yeah. as i go along you get caught in the day-to-day though don't you like, yeah just focusing on that as opposed, i guess when you're training someone you have to take a step back and go right okay how would i do yeah. that or and yeah okay this That's is it and that was when i kind of went oh okay i do know what i'm talking about and yeah. actually my i was my the guy that I trained ended up being like the top biller within our business really after I nice. moved. Yeah, so I was like, I I take full responsibility. <laughs> for that. Tom, if you're as listening, you would, you yeah, <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. Love that. Um, and you know that that's when I sort of realised that I I really loved that side of it, and I really love like training other people and sort of sharing nice. my my knowledge and my and experience. Yeah, okay, cool. So before I ask you a bit more about that, then what what. Being, being a grad, going into recruitment, having that hard first 12 months, what, what's your advice to, because look, there'll be loads of grads out there who'll yeah. be getting absolutely hammered by Rex to Rex yeah. and, and, and other businesses, but what would what would your advice be, to, what would your two pence be to them? To... There's two parts to this. Go on. One of them mm. is if it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. And I think what happens is too many people go into recruitment and do you know what they just don't have the right personalities for it and actually they're not they're not gonna be good at it and i would rather that someone turn around to me now when i hire i would rather that someone turn around to me and be honest with me about it than try and stick it and make themselves unhappy i think that's that's one of the the worst things that i see is when people sort of come into businesses and they've got so much potential and it doesn't go the way they want it to go and yeah. then it ends up ruining it for them yeah, and actually yeah. it ruins the perception of the industry for yeah, them yeah. and sometimes it's the business sometimes you know you're not meant to be in yeah, that business yeah. yeah but i think it's sometimes you you've kind of got to recognize really really understand whether you are going to be right for it or not yeah, yeah um and then the other side of that is you know what if you do really want it and you do have that personality and you do get the the thrill from the placements, do stick at it because you're not going to be earning six figures in yep. e- even two years. You yep. know, I I think I've only ever worked with two recruiters that have ever done six figures within sort of two years yep. of, of working in recruitment. So it can happen. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, have a realistic expectation about that and make sure that yeah, your yeah. sort of your your motives are right. What, what, so you, when you mentioned personality, what... Not, yeah, what what jumps out? So for me, from my experience, what helped me was empathy. Yeah. Like genuinely caring caring about mm-hmm. the other person. Yeah. Um, and then I know it's not quite personality, but for me, the mindset like you you have to have a long term mindset. Yeah. Like you you can't think right. Okay, I'll go into this three months. I'll be fine or what, whatever. You, you have yeah. to. It's a, it's a long term investment. So so what key personality traits are you referring to that? 
I think the, the the most obvious one is resilience. Yeah, resilience, and yeah. I always say in my in the assessment days that we run that I'll sit here and everyone will tell me that you're really resilient because, <laughs> you know, you've done this at uni yeah. and that's made you... Re- like, you've got yeah. no idea. Yeah. You've got no idea Literally. what it is like. Yeah. I, I, have, I had a really good example um, of one of the guys that we work with where he works on really high-level roles yeah. and something dropped out. And it was a 30K fee. And because of our commission structure, that's 10 grand out of his back pocket. (laughs) And I just thought, if that was me, and I just watched 10,000 pounds out of my back pocket, like, go down the toilet. You'd be in the funk for a while, I would be devastated. And... Do you know what? He just picked himself back up, moved straight on to the next thing. And I think that, that is the, the core thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can not let it affect you, if you can have the long-term thing. Yeah, so if yeah. you're thinking, actually, okay, that's fine because my pipeline's good enough that actually yeah, yeah. I can replace that many, I can do this, I can do that, mm. then you will be able to get through it and you will. But if you take every single rejection, every single... Um, Personally and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, not even. You'll just, you'll, you'll yeah. Ne- you won't enjoy it. And oh, I think that's the main so thing. What, for me, what I just add to that through my experience is I'd say before I started recruitment, I was a quite resilient person, but 100% you become even more resilient. Yeah. You have to, otherwise you will lose. Like yeah. like you said, you end up looking at yourself in the mirror and going, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah. But I think for me is like you, you do, you, you either grow that resilience or you, like you said, you become a victim and go and start blaming everyone yeah. and all that. So I think you have to experience, you have to experience it and actually fully embrace it and, and you either get more resilience or you don't yeah and that's when you turn around to you and go you know what this isn't for me yeah but you have to really grow that on you was there i'm always interested to ask this so w- was there a day where you nearly quit oh there are many days <laughs> there were so many days yeah and i did i think i i took a bit of a so i obviously moved into to an ops role but yeah, before yeah. i actually moved into the ops role i was considering leaving the industry yeah, completely yeah. um Any particular I, reason or just like um i think like a lot of people, I originally saw recruitment as a stopgap. Yeah, yeah. And it was know. the classic, oh, I'm going to do recruitment for a couple of years. I'm going to earn loads of money. I'm going to save yeah, my yeah, house yeah. deposit. And then yeah, I'm going to yeah. go into something else. Yeah. Um, and I had kind of got to that point where I think I'd been in recruitment for about two and a half, three years. Yeah. Um, and then I started looking at other jobs. And I like interviewed for a couple of marketing things and did a few bits and bobs. And I was like, number one, obviously, massive drop in salary, yeah, like yeah. massive drop in. The, and I was like, I actually don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, again, I just I wasn't I realized that I actually really love the culture of the recruitment industry. Mm. And I love I love what we do. And I yeah. and I do think it's an amazing industry to yeah. work in. Couldn't agree more. And I was really, really lucky that um, my managing director, because I'd already started doing some of the marketing stuff for for our business because we were so small. um, And he offered me the position to go into doing ops management. And I was like, absolutely, 100% So he's obviously a a good manager and probably recognised that line. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the best thing that he could have done because I think I... Um, completely sort of my motivation absolutely everything just absolutely switched and I took a really and I again it's that lucky thing where because I'd been a recruiter going into an ops role I knew everything that I would change because I'd been there and I'd done that and I knew all the things that over the years I'd gone oh it'd be better you know I'd be more efficient if I had this or or, I would change this and I was able to so go that into that. To be really valuable. Yeah, Absolutely. So when you went, so what, what? So ops, what was involved in that? So you mentioned marketing there. What? What was the different hats that you had to? to <laughs> so, wear? so essentially, literally everything, really? um, okay. other than sales. So running um, HR, marketing, um, doing all the business strategy, okay. um, legal, compliance, like finance, absolutely everything. Really. So when you, I think the thing is, when you are a startup. Yeah you are not going to hire a person per division. Yeah. So I yeah, was... I definitely know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I was really lucky because I was kind of given the opportunity to build all nice. of that from scratch. Yeah, that's good. And actually, you know, by the time I left, I had a team of four four people Underneath that, yeah, that, okay, that, that were cool. all doing different elements. But I was the person that sort of knew that business inside out. Mm. So I could write every policy, write every procedure. I knew exactly how the business needed to work. Yeah. Um, and then as we got bigger, we just sort of, sort of you know, hiring a specific HR assistant, yeah, hire someone yeah, yeah. into marketing and, and sort of growing the business that way. Mm. 
Um, so how long was you in ops for? Um, so I've been doing ops for like five years now. Okay. Um, so that's the role that you now do at Kimina? Yeah, Kimina. yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm head of ops now um, at Kamina, And it's the same thing. So I joined these guys almost exactly the same when they were 13 people. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. Came over to these guys and they, again, didn't have any of these sort of structures in place or mm. it was being done by the directors. But as we all know, directors don't really care about, you know, doing all the, the sort of back office stuff. <laughs> they should be doing what they're good at, which yeah, is yeah, right, doing yeah. the recruitment, doing the sales. Yeah. So again, I came in and sort of built built the team up so I've got three at the moment so I've got um, an ops assistant and I've got Jack as well yeah. um, doing the marketing for me and it's just it's getting all that structure into place so it's giving them a foundation to be able to grow the business yeah, which yeah, you yeah. can't you can't do you can only get so big without actually having formal you know policies and procedures and actually understanding the strategy behind how you're going to grow yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I do and that's what I love. I love I love taking those little businesses and working out, you know, you mm. my directors tell me where you want to be in five years and I'll work out how we get there and yeah. I'll you know, I'll make that happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, like like that. And I think yeah, that that must be really exciting to, to play a, a big part in that. Yeah. Um, so let let's uncover that a bit then because I think every recruitment business wants to grow and yeah. every recruit wants to be part of a growing company, right? Yeah. So um, I mean, it's look, if you speak to ten recruitment owners, they're all going to say they want to grow. Most yeah. of them, right? So what? So what? What? What effective things have you um, done or you've seen that have helped recruitment businesses grow? Then, so I think it sounds so obvious, but you would be so surprised. Is just having a strategy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually having. I spoke to a lot of people who started the recruitment business who had no business. Yeah, plan. yeah, it's very common. Yeah, yeah, and just and. I think a lot of people go, oh, you know, I've got a five-year plan of, you know, going to build build to exit, basically. Yeah, yeah. But there's the, the sort of the day-to-day strategy. So one of the things that I put in for us um, at the start of this year was completely overhauled their business development strategy. Okay. And we've basically doubled our NFI. Love that. Um, from us actually having a really structured approach and being able to tie in not just what the sales consultants doing but like what we're doing with marketing so we we put something together that allowed you know we've got bespoke content plans for absolutely everything that ties in with what the consultants are doing on the sales side Mm. and it's made a huge difference and i think just from my point of view in ops make it as simple as possible for the consultants to follow and they've done it and they've absolutely nailed it and we've yeah. seen you know huge increases um yeah. in the last year the quick one on that yeah just because that that like we i see that every day speaking to recruitment owners so i'd say the average ratio of um, recruitment business i speak to have 50 sales guys to one marketing person yeah um so it's mar- marketing in the recruitment industry is not aligned with sales nope. period and also the perceived value of marketing is is non-existent but yeah. that's because a recruitment owner is used to growing their business by growing their headcount, which means yeah. growing um, fees, right? Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say, what I just wanted to underline through my question is, what you're, what you're saying is they still have to do the proactive calling sales part, right? It's not that, yeah. that that's what I mean. So a lot of people that I speak to or what, what I gather from um, people putting their content online, etc., is you still have to do both. Like you, do you know what I mean? So it, what what you're saying is you've equipped your sales guys with stuff that's going to enable them to to make more relationships, to oh, be more yeah. successful. But they still have to pick up the phone and do the legwork. Absolutely, mm. and I think we we've been really lucky. I mean, naturally, because of what we do as a business, you know, we only recruit back office for other recruitment businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our guys are probably more informed than most mm-hmm. about the value of marketing for recruitment because obviously we recruit those people. Yeah, yeah. But what we've done is we've sort of given them the tools and the structure and the strategy to use all of that to their benefit. Mm. So for us, we um, actually use marketing as a huge business development tool. And actually our guys will be talking and networking and, you know, whether that is getting quotes for the marketing pieces that Jack's going to then go on to write, Mm. they've got a reason to call. 
Mm, and it's, it's which isn't not, have you got any jobs yeah yeah exactly and yeah. actually for us our, our business has never ever been about you know just have you got any jobs no move on to the next one mm. it is actually about understanding each individual business and what we can do for them but also you know what it's it's so valuable for us to be speaking to all these amazing you know whether it's ceos finance directors cmos coos and getting their take on what's happening in their business yeah. because i can then take bits of that from my, from my business as well and yeah, work out how we can implement that and actually the consultants are then becoming so well informed because it could be that in one day they speak to 20 different marketing directors mm. about you know what's what's the best tool or if you're if you're a a small um, recruitment business and you've got well what you think is no budget to do your marketing mm well what's everyone else doing yeah and yeah, then yeah. we can put that together and then we can send that out to them and actually yeah. these guys then are in a position where we've got so much more value to add than mm. just phone up do you have a job no move on to the next and that's why our guys are so bought into it because they see the value of us yeah. tying all this marketing stuff yeah, together yeah. So, literally couldn't agree more and and it obviously look that's what that's what we preach here at um, Hoxham Media but also I did it when, so my second year when I um, was in recruitment, I, I managed to convince my director to get in front of the camera and one other colleague, no one else wanted to do it. Yeah. I just started creating content. And I think that that was the biggest thing. It was instead of just having the normal conversations, you had something else to talk about. And yeah. it wasn't just just to talk about for the sake of it. It was yeah. something that you were really passionate about that is valuable to the person you're speaking to. And it helps a lot. <laughs> it <laughs> like does, so yeah. much. It's a joke. Um is there anything else in that you've seen that um, has really helped recruiting businesses grow then? So you mentioned about BD and, and then having a, a content, an actual plan yeah. to, to help the guys on the phone. Is there anything else that you've seen being really effective? I think the what I, I know what the major pain point for every recruitment business is hiring. Yeah. And it's Internet getting talent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's getting good people mm. on board and obviously getting them to stay because yeah. you know as you, as you said yeah. not many people make it past um a couple of years yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i think there's so much that sort of ties into that whether that's your your professional development or whether that is you know how, what what is your actual hiring process yeah and i think i've i've spent a lot of time um i basically do it every year where i completely review what our hiring process is for Camino. Yeah, yeah every yeah. every single year I, I you know i look at what's the process because we will change things and we will adapt things and we mm. want to make sure that you know have we have we missed things have we not made yeah. the right hires well, it's just it's just having that mindset isn't yeah. it so there'll be so many recruiting businesses out there well it's worked like, it's worked yeah. for tom um, Jack and Harry yeah. like what, why do we need to change it so it, the first thing is actually having that mindset of actually wait let's have a bit of humility here what yeah. what, what could learn. we be doing differently yeah learn yeah. right okay so you do that have, has there been any key changes that have really impacted internal hiring that you've noticed or so I think it depends on whether you want to um, I feel like a lot of recruitment businesses focus on hiring grads yeah um, because to some extent it's easy yeah um, I think also what I've heard only from now now recruitment um, business being our clients is that um, a lot of recruitment businesses have, have had bad experiences with experienced clients. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've heard that a lot, yeah. right? They come with bad habits. They yeah. come with a bit of arrogance while well now to do it, yeah. whatever. So I think, yeah, there's going to be obviously, I guess, a lot more. There'll be easier to tap into that market, yeah. the grad market. However, also... I think that's that's an element as well that they're going to be able to mould them into to what they it. like them to the way they want them to work. But the real challenge is actually if you want to grow quickly, you need managers. You yeah, need true. people. You know, it's all going to. You know, it's great saying that your organic growth and all of that other stuff. Yeah. But there will come a time where there is a skills gap, and it's whether or not you can get um, the people that are consultant level up, and you know, yeah, yeah, being yeah. effective managers. Mm. Are you going to be able to do that quick enough, or are you going to have to hire in from elsewhere? And mm. I think that's that's you know that's one of the challenges that we face all the time is whether or not you know do we hire you know I run two divisions there's like a couple of it because we don't have enough managers yeah, yeah, and yeah. we are investing in um, 
in actually training a past senior consultants to become managers, but actually that's going to take time. And it's the yeah. risk factor of having that internal talent and, you know, it taking a while for them to become effective mm. versus hiring someone who could affect your culture. Yeah, who, right. you know, and That is a tough one because, for, yeah, I mean, it, the great advantage of, I guess, we, I'll, I'll ask you about it, but when you went from your previous role to manager ops, you'd worked at the company, so you, you instantly sort of have credibility, yeah. right? You've yeah. done it, you've done the job. You're speaking to the person underneath you and going, look, this is what I've learned. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's the difficulty from getting someone externally as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the challenge. And I think I I, I worried about that when I because I'd been at my old company for sort of five years and a lot of them, they'd seen me recruit. So they mm. knew that I was a good recruiter. Mm. And actually part of my sort of anxieties about moving into a new role was going to a different business where they had never seen yeah, me recruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually they don't know, how do they know that I know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually do I have that credibility? Do I have the credibility to be training people how mm. to recruit when none of those guys have ever actually seen, seen me Bill, yeah if you're good yeah how'd you do with that then because i'm sure a lot of people have been through that um I, I i mean i was really really lucky that the guys um at camino were so open and you know i did have a good record and i do mm. you know i was really lucky to to have some you know i, d- I did have that credibility yeah. but my sort of main things were we were still only 13 people so it was just getting contact with every single person yeah. and I, the first thing I did when I moved there was I sat down and I interviewed every single person yeah. and did like a business analysis yeah, on right it approach, I think. I yeah remember, I've had a few sales managers in my time and I think the worst sales managers I'm sure people have experienced this is like there's a new sales manager and he just thinks he's big balls yeah and, and they just come in straight away and they're trying to stamp their authority they think yeah. that's the right approach when they're coming from externally and yeah and they think they've got a point to prove for me, from my experience, I think that's such the wrong approach. Yeah. Like for me, it's about building relationships and going. Look, I am here as a manager. However, I'm open-minded to like yeah. how we do things. My way isn't going to be the right way. I'm, I'm open to listen to how you do. do you know what yeah. I mean? That's interesting. And I think I, we. It was a massive shock to the system for me because it was such a different style of recruitment. Like mm. I'd I'd come from tech, mm. so really you know hundred calls a day, like mm. you know really really intense proper sales driven environment. Mm. Into you know the way that sort of describe Camino now is it's more of sort of a search way of, mm. of working, and they are so you know we used to call ourselves consultants consultants when um i was working for the tech firm but compared to these guys who i've never seen anything like it in terms of market knowledge technical knowledge like Mm. these guys it's a completely different process and i think i you know when i first joined was just like okay we're not doing enough on the stats we're not doing enough on the kpis (laughs) and it was a shock to my system to kind of see these guys working in a totally different way but it's still being so effective Mm. so it's a massive learning curve for me as well as sort of going in and probably ruffling a few feathers um to start with i think i think it's um it's just about listening more isn't it yeah absolutely (laughs) it is because like when i think back to yeah recruitment and, and the sort of sales environment it is what you're describing there and I'd say it's more I've experienced it here more here you, you ask questions and you shut up do, do you know what I mean and you listen to pain points yeah. and you come up with solutions and again it's it's coming back to that consultative approach and, and providing value yeah um, so how long have you been at Camino now? Um, so two years a okay, cool. um, couple of weeks ago so yeah it's been it's been an amazing two years actually and you know my directors are amazing they've basically just let me um, again just really um have your own way and, yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah cool. they, they've trusted me so much to really sort of you know cut stamp mm. put my stamp on it basically which has been amazing so be interesting to get your perspective then as you've now been so all your clients are recruiting businesses yeah yeah so the main the main part of our business which is Camino Partners is just all uh, recruitment okay. businesses so back office so what's been the biggest change in the last two years then since what you've seen or yeah what, what what's been going on in the recruitment world that's graduate attention so i think naturally um we see a lot of the the sort of impacts of things like gdpr and a lot of the legal stuff so um one of the consultants on my team runs the legal and compliance desk and her desk just went mental when gdpr yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely mental and then obviously gdpr came happened 
and nothing's really happened yeah, after literally. that. Yeah, that it That's was. What it seems like. Yeah, the best analogy that I've heard of it, it was, it was basically the Millennium Bug. Everyone mm. was freaking out about it, expecting the world to change. So, you know, it, we saw massive. Um, and actually, is what is really good is a really big focus on compliance within the recruitment sector because mm. I think one of the reasons that we tend to get a bit of a bad rep is because there are lots of businesses out there that are not sticking to these things and yeah. that are not working in a compliant way mm. and actually to have the industry as a whole all of a sudden go do you know what we really really do need to concentrate you know no one wants a 20 yeah. million pounds so if it hasn't done anything it's, it's actually turned into a positive because yeah. people have taken a step back and gone oh shit actually yeah. is this the right way that this we is should it. be approaching it but also I think there's been you know our business is a huge you know we've had loads of success this year and actually that's an example of the fact that other recruitment businesses are investing in their back office Mm. so they're really seeing the benefit of having these people because i think you know when you start start a business your focus is just on sales yeah, you just exactly. want fear and, and it's sales people isn't it yeah that's, that's all you want yeah. that's all you want and actually that's a massive thing that a lot of recruitment companies are set up by recruiters uh-huh. and actually they're not going to know you know how you put a hr strategy in, how yeah, you put yeah, all yeah. of these different things in um and i think what we're seeing is that it's because it's being recognized for the value that it is mm. um and actually you know i always say because it's obviously my sort of specialization mm-hmm. if you're a small business get yourself an ops manager because mm. it will completely transform the way that your business operates and actually for those managing directors that are sat there having to deal with you know all, all the crap that comes through the door and all the, all the yeah. stuff that you know whether it's admin, office management stuff, whether it's sorting out invoices, whether it's, you know, working out how you're going to do the hiring, that's what your ops manager should be there for. And actually, you know, if you are, if you were a recruiter and you are a good salesman, why not be doing what you're good at mm. and let someone else take away all of that stuff yeah, and, yeah. and, you know... So you're seeing people do that? Have, yeah. Rubber, yeah. Uh, to be fair, thinking back to um, the recruitment business I worked for, um, I was really close to the director and... and it, he found it so challenging to be able to focus on yeah. the business, right? Yeah. So I think it's exactly that. It's about, you know what, it, it is actually worth the investment because you're then going to yeah. have someone dedicated on the business, yeah. right? And and that must be that must be so difficult when you're at 10, 12, 13 yeah. heads because if you think about it, most of the time, that business is built off a lot of your relationships. Yeah. And, and it, it, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I mean, that that sounds like real solid advice. Yeah, um. and I think it's really unlikely that as a recruiter, you are going to know about all the different things that you really need. So whether mm. that is the finance, the legal, marketing, yeah. HR compliance, you, you can only, you know... You can only have so many yeah. hats on at once, and there's a real good chance you're probably not going to be good at those. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whereas you know, some you know, my I sort of built my career in in having this. The, these startups where they've got nothing and yeah. actually I would know exactly how to go in and set these things up from scratch and put something in place for these guys yeah. actually you know you're leaving a legacy and a foundation that they will then be able to grow and you know achieve whatever dreams it is that the directors yeah, have got yeah. I love that cool so a topic we definitely want to talk about was women in recruitment yeah so I think obviously through your experience and um, uh, helping recruitment businesses grow and mm-hmm. again seeing internal talent come through what why? Why do you think that it's a male-dominated industry? Like, what? I'm sure it's a complex issue for sure, and the different yeah. factors. But from your experience and and your perspective, what what are your thoughts on on that? I think it's. I think it is a really tough one, and actually, we've been talking about this a lot recently. And I think. Uh, Personally, I've been really, really lucky and I can honestly say at no point in my entire career have I ever felt like my gender has stopped me yeah. from doing anything. Mm. But that's not to say that I don't completely recognise that, that that does happen. Yeah. Um, I think, sadly, sometimes it's the culture of mm. the businesses and actually once you start getting you know, a massive imbalance, that does affect the culture and actually it's difficult to get women yeah, yeah, yeah. into it that are going to want to work in that kind of culture sure. um and i think i went to one of the women in the apsco women in recruitment um yeah. seminars quite recently and they were sort of talking about the so once you get a little bit further down your career and you're looking at other things 
there isn't a massive sort of focus on things like flexible working and maternity yeah. and stuff like that. And there are some absolute horror stories out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, being a sort of a, a girl within the recruitment sector, if you're looking at it and you're looking at those higher levels and you're looking at the women that you've got to stand up for and there aren't a lot you know you are going to think there's a time scale on this career for you because Mm. there just aren't that many role models and there aren't that you know it's it's very imbalanced particularly at the higher higher levels i mean we've been talking recently about the fact there is a handful of female non-executive directors and actually you know that's so so important to people that you know want to actually stay in this industry and actually want to go through to to see that there are women that are at those you know c-suite positions i think from speaking when i had the women recruitment week for this i think that that was that was a common theme so Mm. a lot of the ladies i had on had really successful careers have been in the game for a while and i think obviously if you if you take the clock back 10 years 15 years the culture of recruitment was obviously even more quote unquote Wolf of Wall Street right? yeah. and you would you would have to stay till seven, eight um, PM and, and all that. And I think that um obviously there's gonna be points, especially this is complete this is where it comes a challenge because young females will want to start a family and then it's like, do I have to do do I have to put that on the back burner for yeah. my career or do you know what I mean? And that I mean I'm never gonna experience that but that must be a, a real difficult period in mm. your life to go shit, am I actually going to have to sacrifice my career yeah. when I have this long desire to start a family, right? And yeah. I think that was a common thing. But I think, if I'm honest, I feel I feel quite positive about it. Reason why is, I'm sure you see it a lot now, work-life balance has become yeah. a huge, huge topic. And you don't have to be chained to your desk to um, be a successful recruiter. And I've spoken to a lot of people now where they... It's particularly women who start their own recruitment business and they can um, have a successful recruitment business and still do the school run and do all that, yeah. right? And I think that's that's why I feel positive about it because I think that's one of the amazing things about the industry is yeah. that there are a lot of people that can just start on their own and it yeah. can be really flexible if you're willing to be accountable and, and put in the work at the, the, the right time. So I hope, hopefully, I, I think it'll be, if you see in the next five, ten years, there'll be more senior people, yeah. I think. Exactly. With that different mindset going on. Um, and you're involved with women, women in recruitment, aren't you? Yeah, you saw, we are, they, yeah. Um, they did a women in mentoring. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you go to that? Or? I didn't go to it, yeah. but I sent um, two, London, two of my yeah. female that's, that's consultants. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I think it's about, like you said, speak, being, if you can create a community where you are speaking to, to young females yeah. and they are getting access to people, let you know what you can have a really successful career. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it, it looks really promising and, and positive, I think. Absolutely. Um Cool. So I always like to ask people. I know I ask you if you um, if you nearly quit, but what 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 lowest time have you experienced in recruitment? And and we'll talk about a real high time. But what what real tough time springs to mind? I think it's it's a tough one because as oh it's really crass but the way that I always used to describe recruitment was champagne and razor blades <laughs> and that is like that, yeah like that. that is literally the That's, way I really like that. the way that I used to see it and I think sometimes and mindset is a huge part of this but sometimes you just feel like everything is dropping out everything yeah, is yeah, going yeah. wrong and I think for me it was probably so, Give a thirty grand fee for that. Wow, it's it's close to that actually. <laughs> where it's like you just when you're seeing that money come out yeah, of your yeah, back yeah. pocket, and actually in my head I've already spent it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then all of a sudden something drops out. Someone doesn't turn up to an interview. You know. Yeah, and it just when when you know that something is a certainty, like someone's going in for their final chat, yeah, and yeah. it's gonna, you know, they're basically gonna offer them there and then yeah, in the yeah. interview, and they just don't turn up and don't have any explanation as to how, why. How do you deal with those days? I'm always interested to ask people, like how how do you deal with those days? I think personally? it I think it depends on um, it depends on what your mindset is, and yeah, I would say that huge. yeah, at that time, I don't I don't think I did deal with it very really? well. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I did. I think. If I sort of was to go back now and go into recruitment, I would do it completely differently to the way that I did it at the time. I just think I would be a little bit calmer. I would be a lot more strategic in what I was doing. Because the best best advice that I um, sort of have now, my director says this all the time, is do you know what? If you're strategic enough about your pipeline, dropouts don't matter. Because you know where the next fee is so, so coming basically from. Basically, what you're saying is um, 
be less reactive, right? Yeah. Like mm. really, really know exactly what you're doing. Really sort of see where those fees are coming in from. Because then actually, do you know, if something does drop out, it's not the end of the world yeah, because yeah. you're like, okay, well, up and on to the next. The problem is when something drops out and you're like, oh my God, I've got no idea mm. where my next fee is coming yeah. from. I've got nothing that's that's anywhere near sort of dropping. And you're just thinking like, I need that money. Or it's the difference between a promotion and not yeah, getting a promotion. Yeah. And the, the pressure that you put on yourself is the toughest thing that mm. for me it was never it was never about what my manager was saying or my md was saying it was about the pressure that i put myself and uh, yeah. to to perform and i think if i could go back now i would just be like Do you know what just chill out <laughs> and yeah i so what what helped me and i've spoken about it quite a few times online meditation like yeah had me, me loads like massively just because especially because you're dealing with people and like it's not only your emotions your own expectations mm. of yourself it's actually other people you're letting people yeah. down they're letting you down and it's not it's not a it's not it's not a product even mm-hmm. though people are your product it's another human being is actually letting you down and yeah it's so easy to take that person because it's another person yeah absolutely. Um, so that that's helped me a lot what what about some um, real hard times then is there any key moments in your career where you're like oh my god this absolutely love this or um so what high times yeah, yeah just some real, real um, good times I think when whenever I've seen I always say this at work about something being my baby yeah, yeah, yeah I absolutely love when I have put loads of effort into putting together a strategy I think the one that I was talking about earlier the BD strategy it took me three months to come up with it put it all together yeah. get all the data done roll it out and, yeah. and just seeing how impactful that yeah, can be can imagine, yeah. and especially in the business sizes that you've been involved in yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and actually when when you see the difference that you're making and i think one of one of the really lovely things from the previous business that i worked in is i remember when I used to see the people that I used to hire. So these guys were coming in, you know, I was hiring them at graduate level. Mm. And, you know, the first time they get that massive commission check and actually, like, you know that they're taking home 10 grand that month. And, you know, the first time that someone actually gets, like, the deposit for their house. And Mm. all of that stuff that you're like, I'm so pleased to create an environment that allows people to do that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. knowing that everything that you're doing, the culture that you're working in, the 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 business you're creating is allowing those people to come straight out of university yeah. and basically within a couple of years, you know, be realizing yeah, their yeah, dreams. Yeah. And every time that happens, that's that's what makes me happy. Which that's what it, yeah. like that's you know seeing the the people that I work with every single day be successful and mm. you know realize their dreams as well. Mm. No, I, I always love hearing that because I just find it so interesting. In, in today's world, you can be so caught up in, in your own world, yeah. right? And have you got the latest things? And have I got enough likes on Instagram? Whatever <laughs> it is. But when you when you really knuckle it down and peel back the onion, people feel they're happiest when they see other people yeah. be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I find, I find that fascinating. So um, before we wrap up, um, I think you're in a, a good position to... Um, I'd like to hear your your perception there. So where where do you see the recruitment industry going like in the next two, five, ten years? Like where, yeah, what what big things do you think uh, are on the horizon? So I would say major major thing is going to be tech. Yeah. Um, and actually, I we talk about this quite a lot, and I've got I think potentially quite a controversial opinion on this. <laughs> I think that because tech is going to automate so much yeah, stuff. So much, yeah the the nature of the recruitment industry is going to completely change and i see it going back to almost being there being a novelty around it being quite search focused and very sort of personal relationship and actually that um some businesses usps will be the fact that they don't have everything automated and they don't have all of these you know these ais they don't have all these chatbots and stuff like that Mm. and actually you know net networking and personal relationships will go back to being the sort the of the novelty yeah. yeah because at sure. the end of the day you know i whilst i think depending on the industry um we are really looking we get to trial loads of really cool products obviously because of the sort of the the positioning yeah, that, that we're interest. in yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know we've seen some really cool stuff but at the end of the day i still think that's not going to replace you know my no, guy no that has worked in this Just industry Exactly. Um, but I just think the nature 
I think a lot more stuff will, and, and there's a big move towards moving stuff internal because mm. people are sort of kind of going, okay, well, why am I paying um, all of these agency fees mm. when actually you could hire some internal recruiters to do it for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will depend, everything will become more niche because yeah, yeah, actually, if you're doing generalist stuff, that can it's be done back by. To what you said, um, um, providing value for actually having like, market knowledge yeah. and everything else right yeah, yeah that's going to become really valuable and, and part of being a recruitment consultant will be having that market knowledge exactly and i think internal recruiters are never going to know everything it, it mm. would be impossible for you to have the level of knowledge that we have on right. each yeah, individual you're just thing in your own play you're yeah. in your own business right so that's that's again a huge value add is that look, Mr. Client, I've speaking to X, Y, and Z who've had a similar pain yeah. point. This is how we've helped them solve it. Have you thought about this, right? And that's, yeah. that's the part that they'd be lacking. Yeah. That's interesting. I think the sort of the move towards it being a lot more around the sort of the, the business partnering and the consultancy mm. side. And actually, it's not just about CVs. It's yeah. not just about, you know, finding as many candidates as you can. It's about actually how can you strategically advise your clients to to help them move their own business forward. That's mm. where the real value is going to come in. Yeah. Because actually, if you can get a piece of software that just does the matching for you, you know, you don't necessarily need resources. You mm. don't necessarily need people that yeah. are just um, trawling the databases. What you do need is people that are in and out of clients all day, every day, that know absolutely everything about their sector. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the ones that are going to add mm. the real value. Exciting nonetheless, though, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so... Um, before we finish and ask you the final question, what's uh, what's going on in your world? What, what are you excited about at Camino Partners? Talk to me. So we have had an amazing year. Um, we've actually just moved into our new office last week, nice. um, which was really stressful. Um, Got but bags, we, we do have beanbags. <laughs> um, we actually built a golf course, so that's yeah, that's wow. the new major feature of the okay. office. Um, but that was to allow us to grow. So I think we're. Our, our focus is always going to be the recruitment industry. Yep. Um, and I think our success reflects the fact that the recruitment industry in general is doing really, really sure, well. Yeah. And I, I just want to see, you know, we're, we're massive advocators of, you know, best practice and really trying to fight the sort of negative connotations that people have about the recruitment yeah, industry. Yeah, I agree. And I think actually the, the, professionals that we provide are those people that can help combat that so yeah, yeah. you know it's your back office people that are going to be checking that stuff is compliant mm. that you're you know you've not got cowboy consultants running around yeah, yeah, um yeah. not doing things properly and also focusing on things like candidate and client care um so for us we we want to keep providing those people into the industry and keep you know improving the the sort of perception i mean there's always gonna be people who in in today's world it's so easy to share your opinion but yeah i think um there could be a lot more positivity about it just yeah. because look i think there'll be thousands of people on a daily basis who'll be thanking a recruiter because they've yeah. generally impacted their life yeah you don't see loads of that online right you just see the the, the bad stuff so yeah i like that cool this is it and i think we you know we really want to focus on that and i think a lot a lot of the stuff that we do all the content that we create is around best practice mm. and you know putting on events for people yeah. you know to to work out how to put that stuff together and that's what i want to see i want to see the recruitment industry be recognized for for what it is which is actually something that is essential yeah um and it is it is a professional industry you know we yeah. we shouldn't i hate the idea and i hear this all the time when people don't want to admit that they're recruiters <laughs> i know i never got that i was i wasn't yeah really i would never really thought about that this is it and i think you should be proud like you yeah, do yeah, you yeah. do something amazing you do work in a mm. really tough industry i was quite quick to say it in my old company and it was so cheesy and all the guys have been doing it for ages looked to me but like you you do genuinely change people's yeah, lives like absolutely fat. Yeah. absolutely Even it's cheesy, but. and i think if we like we we should be proud of what we do yeah. um and you know hopefully you know camino is sort of contributing to that and, yeah, and like ha that. helping us move the industry we'll forward i think what i keep hearing doing these conversations and and it was so it's just such a sim again coming back to basics but doing the right thing yeah is the right thing yeah you know what i mean like that that's, it's not hard literally that's <laughs> yeah. what it is and it does play itself out like doing yeah. the right thing and it will play itself out but um Look, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. It's been good fun. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Yeah.